this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Today I'm speaking with Tanya Malone from Denver, Colorado. Hi, Tanya. Hi there. How are you? I'm <laughs> really good. Um, thanks for joining me, by the way. We're at After Dark 1274. We are, and it's in, my pleasure. In 2018 in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin. It's not a bad day outside. We have a pretty decent view. Um, the weather's been pretty well, and the chaos has been ever-present. Would you Would you not agree? <laughs> Absolutely. It's what After Dark is. Pure chaos. <laughs> we, you start about 9.30 and at night. <laughs> like, you True. start all day, but then you really start at night. And right, and go, go till, you know, 3, 4, whenever you pass yeah. out on a <laughs> whenever you desk can't do downstairs. It anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I'm from Denver. You mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And I am primarily a, well, I have two businesses. I have a newborn photography business, um, which is contemporary expressions. And then I have Tanya Malone seniors where I photograph primarily high school senior girls. Although I do photograph guys, I really market to girls. Two, two completely separate, all in the same place or two different places? They're in the same place physically. So I shoot them from the same studio, but I market them completely separately from each other. They are separate businesses because my seniors don't want to hear about my babies. My babies don't want to hear about my seniors. <laughs> so it's easier to market. Seniors. Exactly. So it's easier to market if I keep them separate from each other. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, how, how have things been for you in the, this year in particular, just really quickly? You know, I would say this year in particular, they've been super busy. I didn't go through my low period, which is generally January, February, right. really quiet. And I didn't have that this year which was incredible in one respect because I stayed really busy with shooting, but horrible in another respect because that's usually my planning period for the rest of my year where I do my marketing plan right. and everything else. Right. So you kind of so. have to do that on the fly now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little more difficult. Right. Of course. We have scheduled to talk about why you do what you do. We have. I'll let you take it from there. All right. So in our discussions earlier, obviously this topic came up and I think it's really important for any photographer to know why they're shooting. Why are, why do you love being a photographer? Why do you love capturing images? What motivates you and keeps you passionate for what you do. Mm. And I've talked to a lot of people about this and it's something that I explored about three years ago, maybe four years ago and really changed the structure of both of my businesses around it. It's when I split my businesses because I realized that the reasons I'm a a photographer and the reasons that I photograph what I do are very dissimilar to each other. Okay. And I wanted to bring the why of it into my marketing and make it more of a message and more of a driving force behind the images I was creating. Into each business specifically too. In business specifically. So um, why I do what I'm doing, I'm gonna talk about my newborns first because Mm -hmm. it's a little easier. Okay. So newborns specifically, I always thought that I photographed newborns because I love babies. Yeah. And I do love babies. Okay, Don't get me wrong. Big, I thought there was a big however. <laughs> no, it's not a however. I do. I love babies. But I realize that what I really love about photographing newborns is interacting with their moms. Oh, the moms. And especially new moms who are, they're in such a place of vulnerability and change and transition yeah. and 
absolute love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been there, you know, when you hold that baby yeah. for the first time, yours was a little older, but when you yeah. hold that baby for the first time, there yeah. is something magic. No, you're right. Absolutely right. And I realized that what I love about photographing newborns is mm. actually seeing that mom in that first phase of being absolutely in love with their baby. And mm. they've got so many questions and there's a hundred thousand vlogs and blogs and books and everything <laughs> out there telling them what they should be doing, right. how to think, how to, how act, to what think, to how say. to act, what to do with your baby, how to put them down, how to feed them, how to <laughs> yeah. eat everything, you yeah. know, yeah. do you give them a bottle? Oh my gosh, you're a horrible mom. Do you co-sleep? Oh my gosh, how dare you do that? And yeah. I love just talking to them and interacting with them and letting them know that whatever decisions they're making, they're a good mom. Yeah. Like we all have this fear of being not a good enough mom yeah or dad or dad <laughs> exactly i work primarily with the mamas but yes you always have that fear that you're just not doing it right you're not yeah. doing it well enough you're not doing what you should be doing yeah. and in my opinion it's really about you know you love these babies yeah we're gonna put a few dollars in their future you know <laughs> What I, what I call our psychology fund. Yeah. You're going to screw up every now and then, right. but you're not going to screw up to the point where, right. you know, if you love them and it shows in these photos and that's yeah. what I love. I love just showing them that, that being a mom, they're enough. And you and you really enjoy kind of taking it upon yourself to provide that affirmation. I do. So them. it's an, it's part of all of my marketing when I'm marketing out to them, you know, I, I actually give a free maternity session with all of my newborn sessions mm -hmm. because I want to start establishing that relationship with Before my moms. Yeah. I want to show them how much I'm going to love on them, not just their babies. Right. Um, so yeah, and it's in all of my marketing. It's in the way that I present to them. It's in the emails that I send to them. Whereas a lot of times I see the marketing just to, oh my gosh, you have a cute baby. I want the moms to know that they're special and they're a part of it too. Yeah, well, isn't it kind of nice, even from a practical standpoint, that when they come in on the other side of having the baby, that mm -hmm. you already have the relationship with them established to some degree because Absolutely. you photographed them during their maternity. Absolutely. And that's why I do a complimentary maternity mm -hmm. because so many moms are so self-conscious when oh, they're eight months sure. pregnant and yep. they don't feel like they look their best. Right. Right. So if you're giving them yeah. a maternity session as a gift, you can, you can literally tell them that because they're going to give you all of the, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be photographed. I look horrible. My feet are yeah, swollen. My face they can is swollen. Say all that, right. And they can do all that. And you can look at them literally and say, you know what? It's free. Right. And my job is to make you look beautiful. Right. And if you do it and you don't like the images, you don't have to purchase right. them. Right. But if you don't do it, you may regret it later. Right. And so yeah. it's a beautiful it's marketing hard to turn plan. Down. Yeah, exactly. And it gives you both an opportunity to, to kind of build that rapport and that trust. Exactly. Absolutely. And right. that's why I do it. Right. I like so, that. It's yeah. a good idea. So, and then if we go flip side to my high school seniors, yeah. my high school seniors is a very different why. And for a long time when I was photographing seniors, I didn't really tie it in. I love photographing high school senior girls. Yeah. I find that age so fascinating because again, we're at a point where our society literally almost dictates, we're such an image-driven society yeah. now. Instagram, 
Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, ads, YouTube, everything is telling these young girls how they should be. Yeah. Like what society thinks is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so it was always, I always loved like bringing out more of their natural character and mm. playing around and all of that. But when I really started evaluating my business and tried to figure out specifically who I wanted to target, target and why, I realized that what I was actually doing was trying to give these high school girls the gift of being unapologetically themselves, mm-hmm. being true to who they are yeah. in the moment, yeah. not worried about, and they still want to look gorgeous and they still want their photos to be absolutely stunning and impress all of their friends on Instagram. But what I want to do is give them that gift of using their voice. And specifically, I do that because mine was stripped from me. Hmm. When I was a kid, I was my mother married a man when I was three, and he was extremely abusive to both of us. And I found as I was growing up, I had no voice of my own. I had no identity of my own because he took it from me. Hmm. And when... I was finally able to get out of that situation. It took me a long time to figure out who I was outside of being afraid and being told who to be right. and told that, you know, I was never going to be enough and never be good enough. It took me a long time to realize that I had my own voice And when I can see these girls who come in and maybe they're shy, but they have that passion inside of them. When I photograph these girls and get to know their stories, because I spend a lot of time with my girls. We spend time in hair and makeup. We spend Mm -hmm. time ahead of their shoot. So I really get to know who my girls are when I photograph them. And when I can pull out that piece of them that tells me they're finally being authentically themselves in that shoot, right. and they're not afraid to show it, I've done my job. So part of your why isn't that not only did you live under the constraints and the ridiculousness of what society screams at us all the time, is that you were living in the shadow of somebody at home. Right. Somebody like who a- literally stripped my identity away. So society was telling me just, and I think it's gotten worse. Yeah. Um, I may be dating myself, but I graduated high school in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. And I think we've just, as, as imagery has progressively become more of our society with social media, right. especially, I would say, especially with Instagram, because we're snapping photos constantly on our phones and you see these young girls who are taking 900 shots to get the perfect selfie yeah. that they want to post on Instagram because otherwise they're not perfect and they're not they're you know, their friends might make fun of something. Right. I think that even, you know, when I graduated, there's still your cliques and your society's pressures to be something. But I had literally had my identity stripped from me. I did not know who I was. I didn't have an identity of my own and I didn't have a voice. Mm. And so it's been, as I've realized how much of that comes into my work, it's been really eye-opening to me to empower these girls, and especially, I would say, with my high school senior model group, because we do their photo shoots and we make them look beautiful, but we have team-building exercises that we do, and we have we get together and we do vision boards, and I have a book that I have them read, and so it becomes more of an empowering 
scenario, especially with my model team, because I want them to come out at the end of this and feel more confident in who they are as a person and realize that they can just be them rather than being what society tells them they should be. So you're like, you have a very specific mission. I do. And I didn't realize I had this mission until a few years ago when I really explored it. What happened then? Like, how did, how did that come about? It came about actually because I did a course on specialism, which is one of those courses that shows you, oh, pick your three words, you know, and so that made me explore like, okay, what three words really do define me? What three words really do define my ideal client and what three words describe my business? Yeah. And so you really like that makes you dig and really think about it and as I was going through that, words like vulnerable, yeah. words like empowered, words like brave kept coming up. And I couldn't figure out why, because obviously I know my past, right. um, but I couldn't figure out why it kept coming up in association with my business. Yeah. And it's because I love that moment when my girls are brave, when they step outside what they think their comfort zone should be to get the photos that they expect and they just, you know, just break into huge laughter, even though their face might get all scrunched up and crinkly when they can just show me who they are. So yeah. So about three years ago, I went through that course and my digging into my own words made me realize how much a part of my past and not having a voice for so long makes me want to empower these girls to have a voice. So you watched that happen. I did watch that happen. It's been, it's truly been an amazing experience to understand in my own work why there are certain sessions and certain kids who just touch my heart. Mm. And one of my girls who was one of my 2010 senior models, it was the very first year I had a senior model group. I just flew out to do her engagement photos in San Francisco. Hmm. And she basically, and she's told me this through the, through the years, but she said, you know, Tanya, I wouldn't be who I am if it weren't for you and Hmm. your shoot. She said, you gave me confidence I didn't know I had. Mm. You made me recognize that I could just be me. And that was when it really hit me. And we had that conversation about four years ago. Yeah. And then I went into, you know, digging into my business deeper. But yeah. Like try, like being more, there's an intentionality that I'm getting from you. Like that you've, you discovered this. And now that since then you've been very purposeful. Yeah. So in, in this. Absolutely. So before I really went through all of this digging and all of this redefining, I photographed girls to make them look good Mm -hmm. because I wanted them to see that they were pretty. Right. I mean, really, which is kind of part of being a photographer. You want somebody to look their best. Sure. I mean, it's not like you've scrapped that. (laughs) Right. Right. I haven't scrapped that, but it's become, and like I said, especially with my model group, because I see them minimum six times a year 
and more like 10 times in the oh. year that they're my models. Okay. But even with my girls who just come in, we have a questionnaire that goes out to them that digs into deep questions. It's not just, hey, what's your favorite color? Where do you like to shop? Which is what it used to be. Now it's what three words would you use to describe yourself? Okay. If you had one day left to live, what would you do in that 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Because it allows me to see into them mm-hmm. in a way that previously I wasn't able to. And then I can, like you said, intentionally bring out things in them that I couldn't before because I know more about who they are going into my sessions. And so we can really have discussions more instead of, hey, what jewelry are you gonna wear? You know, oh, that dress is cute. To, hey, so, you know, so one of the questions I ask is, um, if you could, be anything or do anything, no holds barred, right. no boundaries, what would that be? And so that always becomes a topic of our conversations of because they, that shows me if, they could do anything. if they, if you could do right. anything, what would that be? What would you dare to do if there were no limitations? Because that shows me more of who they are and they've had to think about that. Right. It's not just, oh, here's my favorite color and here's my favorite designer and I want to wear high heels, right. which is what it used to be. I'm not, I, there's, yeah, that's how I used to shoot. But now it is very much more intentional. And I've also, I also photograph less girls now because I want to spend that time with them. Because yeah, you, you only have so much time. Right. Right. So, so I you're take investing less a lot more. Yeah. Have you come across yourself? Have I come across myself in the girls that I shoot? Yeah. Yes, I have. What's that like? Um, Painful at first, to be perfectly honest, because I see the pain that they are in. I have one girl specifically who um, I don't ever want to dig unless I know what's going on because you don't want to offend. You don't want to assume. You don't want anything. Yeah. And she actually, I'm not obviously going to go into details, but she actually said something to me that made me absolutely understand what she was going through. Mm -hmm. I knew that she was in a situation that was dangerous Mm -hmm. and a situation that was unhealthy for her. Um, I am fortunate enough that I work with a charity that deals with child abuse and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And so I knew exactly who to reach out to for her only when she said she was ready for that. Um, and I would say that, that that's probably one of the best sessions I've ever, mm. or best kids that I've ever worked with because mm. the resolution of it was healthy. Um, right. She's still going through a lot. Right. We all do, even right. years and years and years down the road. Right. It's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. No. But what I've found in doing this is that everybody is broken. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a part of them that is broken. And I think it takes visiting that in grace and openness and just, I let my girls know that I'm there. And I think, I think by knowing and realizing that everybody has a story, everybody, even if it's so being bullied you know, just not being pretty enough in their own eyes, which a lot of times that's exactly what it is because of our societal norms. Just giving those girls the confidence through both the 
activities that we do, the experience that we go through, and then their gorgeous photos at the end. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Why do you care? Um, I care because I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody to ever feel that there's no one out there for them. Mm. Because for the longest time, there was no one there for me. Mm. I had no one I could reach to. Um, so even if it's in a small way, if I can be that person for them, even if it's just to show them that they're prettier than they think they are, even if it's that small, to being as big as finding them a safe haven. Just knowing that someone is always there, there's a phone number you can call, there's a person you can reach out to that's always gonna be there no matter what. <laughs> Is why I care. Where do you where do you get this courage? Where, <laughs> where do you get this strength? Where does oh it come goodness. from? Oh my goodness! It's funny. I don't consider myself to be courageous. <laughs> um, I. You might want to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it truly is like it took me many many years to be comfortable with my history to be able to speak about it. It took me many years to come to terms with the fact that I'm an individual who can make my own choices. Mm. And it took even more years for me to realize that no matter what happens to me, whatever my circumstances are, that I get to choose my reaction. Mm. I get to choose to be happy. It's a choice. It's a conscious choice that we as humans get to make. And that's so, when you realize that, when you internalize that, that no matter what happens to you, no matter what circumstances are in your life, you can choose to move forward and be happy anyway. So when I realized that, I guess if you call it courage, if you call it strength, I just call it realizing that I have the conscious choice to choose happy every day, every circumstance. And sometimes it happens 2000 times a day. <laughs> and I have to remind myself that, you know, I get to choose to be happy. I get to choose to be happy. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get off the phone with that person. And I can still get to choose to be happy. But when you, when you actually fully recognize that it's your choice Moving forward, it's your choice of how to live your life despite mm. the circumstances. Yeah. That's the key. What's next for you? What's next for me? Well, I am going to continue to be a photographer, obviously. I mm-hmm. love it. I love what I'm doing. I love the way that my business is growing. Mm. Um, Growing, maybe not in number of clients, but growing in the experience I am giving my clients. Right. I am also, um, because I do private mentoring, I am also bringing a little bit of a life coaching portion into the mentoring that I do because I really want, if I could, if I could have one thing on my tombstone, it would be choose happy. Because I really want people to understand that they can, that they can. Yeah. 
And it's, it's a hard thing to understand because we aren't told that, we aren't programmed that way, we aren't, society basically tells us that we are reactionary creatures. Yeah. Um, we are reactionary creatures that need to be perfect is what society <laughs> tells us. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, you know, if something bad happens in your life, you should be sad. And if something good happens in your life, you should be happy. Mm-hmm. And the way that I always put it is, so we, um, and this is a kind of random story. We got our house destroyed by hail last year. Oh, what? Exactly. So we had this hailstorm come through. It destroyed my husband's car. I was across town, but it destroyed my husband's car, like totaled my husband's car. Our roof was destroyed, like ridiculous destroyed. Wow. Our, there's just everything in our yard was broken. So you would think, oh my gosh, horrible. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad. Horrible circumstance. Be sad, be angry, be upset. I would have been. Right. <laughs> and from our perspective, yes, right. it's a horrible thing. My house is destroyed. Right. What if you're the contractor in that area doing roofs? Yeah. Your family is now set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From the contractor's perspective, that is a big, brilliant bonus that the universe just gave them. Right. So it's all a matter of perspective. Our whole, everything that we do is a matter of our perspective because we only see through our eyes. But on the, on the, from the perspective of the hailed on person. Right. But the circumstance itself, the hail storm is neither good nor bad. It's just something that happened. Sure. But in the end, yeah, it sucked. I had to get a new roof. My husband's oh. car is totaled. I suppose but I in have the a, end, you got a new car, you got a new roof. I have a brand new roof. Yeah. It's a better roof than I had before because <laughs> yeah. our house is really old. Yeah. So I yeah. have a brand new roof. Insurance yeah. paid for it. It was right. a pain. You know, right. we've had to have our, have our gutters redone. Um, but in the end, it turned out to be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's one of those funny, like, easily to look at circumstances where you go, yeah, circumstances, neither good nor bad. It's the reaction of whoever's reacting to the circumstance. Sure. We can all go to the same exact concert and come away with completely different experiences. Happens all that. The time. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. And so, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so becoming consciously aware of that is incredibly empowering. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Chuck Arlen just told me yesterday that he he thinks my favorite album of all time is horrible. Oh, I was I was kind of standing like, there with that what? conversation. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> you're not making the right choice, Chuck. Right, you need to choose. Chuck is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> choose happy. Right, but if we were all, I mean, if we all loved the same things, how boring would society be? Yeah, he should love that album, though. <laughs> all right, are you going to tell the world what the album is? I think Ten from Pearl Jam is one of the best albums of all time. All right, and Chuck Arlen does not. No, he at does not. All. No, he does not. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I get it. No, I, I. This was. You told me that you might cry, and you made me cry a little bit too, I'm sorry. of course. Um, but. I really appreciate your vulnerability. Absolutely. Um, and I think what you're doing is is noble and honorable and, and beautiful. And I think it's going to be one of those things for you when you're 80 or 85 or 90 that you'll have like this huge group of people that you've affected. And most of them you probably won't even know. But I think you'll hear more from, from people like that girl that reached out to you. Um, but even, I think, I really do think even more than that, maybe even more special than that will be all the people that you had no idea that you affected because of your intentionality. I would hope so. Yeah. 
I would hope so. I would hope that there are people out there who listen to this, Mm. who may be in a situation where they have lost a voice, where they don't feel like they have a voice anymore, Mm. where they feel like somebody is stealing their voice, who even if one person hearing this, which is why I decided that I was going to do it, (laughs) even if one person hearing this says, you know what, let me make that call. Let me reach out to that safe person. Let me... Let me do something to find my me yeah. in the chaos. Then it's all worth it. Yeah. It's all worth it. Fantastic. Thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Till next time. Absolutely. Absolutely.